welcome once again to the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 127. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us on a very special evening as we're going to be talking a fantastic card and late pick five. It is Wood Memorial Day at Aqueduct this Saturday. Please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Hit that notification bell so you know when new content will arise. And of course, smash that thumbs up button because not only is this going to be a fantastic podcast, but I've been trying to give you the best content possible here, especially during our Triple Crown prep races as we inch closer and closer to the Kentucky Derby. You can reach me, of course, on Twitter at hkravitz on my name tag, and you can also reach me on email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can see I'm sporting my Adelphi uh, racing jacket to represent uh, New York. Very excited to see my two uh, two-year-olds running uh, at New York this summer. Cross our fingers. Hope everything goes well. One with Ray Handel, one with Christophe Clement. So I'm very excited. One is already in New York uh, at the barn right now, uh, learning how to become a racehorse and starting his training soon formally with Ray Handel. So very excited about that. But enough about my horses. We have a fantastic guest on tonight. I'm very excited uh, to bring him on. Uh, This gentleman was with us over the summer. He's one of the best TV analysts in the country, if not the best. Excellent handicapper. I don't need to tell you about Andy Serling. He's fantastic. And he is, once again, going to give up his time tonight, which I really appreciate, to give us some great insight on the card at Aqueduct this Saturday for Wood Memorial Day. So without further ado, let's bring him on from New York, the one and only Andy Serling. Andy, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for all the kind words. It's a pleasure to be on here. I appreciate what you do. Well, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate all the support. I know we talk on on Twitter uh, quite a bit and banter back and forth. And we have a lot of uh, uh, common opinions, which for, which for my sake is good Twitter because bad. you're right <laughs> many, many times. Um, I also get a good laugh, by the way, of uh, wa- watching you talk about people asking about the weather. I will not ask you any weather forecast for this weekend at New York, but we do. It is exciting, though, because turf racing uh, is scheduled to start this weekend, correct? Yeah, I mean, we're off on, on Friday, but uh, the, the rain has stopped, and I, I think we're, we'll be good to go. Um, we'll be good to go on, on Saturday and Sunday, so looking forward to that. And You know, disappointed to lose some of these races, but it's just, listen, it's better to be taking races off the turf than not scheduling turf races, so we'll look at it that way, and a lot of good turf racing to look forward to as the year progresses. Oh, absolutely. And Andy, of course, we're going to try to interject some uh, viewer questions. I know that uh, we have a certain amount of time with you tonight, and I respect that. We'll see if we can get some people. We already have, you can see on the bottom of the screen, Andy, Peter Martini, uh, Mr. Serling. Uh, he will be at Aqueduct. Wow. So uh, can, can, can Peter get a picture with you, Andy? He only gets a picture if he calls me Andy. Um, he can't call me Mr. Serling. I'm old enough. Um, I, I feel old already. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where he can find me. That's kind of the problem because we're in the third floor studio area. I know I'm on Saturday from one to two forty-five, and then I'm on from five to seven. So I'll be wandering around a little bit. So yeah, if you find me, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. I just not really sure where you could find me because you can't get to the studio downstairs because it's in the vaccine area. So it's not quite as easy as it used to be, but yeah, sure. 
Hopefully. Plus the very, very tight security around Andy Serling, Anthony no, Steele, and all the, <laughs> all the gang up there. They're not really worried no about security. wasting security on me. They're, they're, they're good. No, uh, Charles B. says hello. Another, mis- another uh, Mr. Andy Serling this time uh, makes his lunchtime every day. Big fans. Andy, we have a lot of people already watching the show. Uh, you know you're loved, so we again appreciate you uh, getting the show. But enough lauding the you know the the, the plaudits of an Andy Serling. Get to work. I, let's go. Andy's like, let's just get to the handicapping. Um, Andy, first question before we start handicapping: What are you most looking forward to uh, this weekend at Aqueduct? Well, I mean, you know, I, I always look forward to the wood, and I, I'm looking forward also to all the Derby preps because I think it's a fun Derby prep season. I think we saw some good horses. I thought last weekend's preps were, I mean, I wouldn't say Florida was disappointing. I just don't know if I'm really that interested in those horses. I'm not surprised that Arkansas wasn't that strong. Their, their preps have been weak this year. It's just, you know, works in cycles. They've had many, many great runs of, of preps, just not particularly this year. But I think between the wood and the bluegrass and, and Santa Anita, we're going to see some good horses. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm, I'm really personally happy that the Carter came up as good as it did this year, because sometimes you know, last year, a little lacking and, and this year is a super, super strong race. Really excited to see that. And, you know, I, I'm just glad that the card is as strong as it was, you know, someone remember last year's card was extremely disappointing. We didn't average even seven horses a race. Well, you know, we have in the body of the races, I think about over eight and a half horses a race this year. So we're up considerably off last year. And I'm pleased for that because listen, I I'm with the fans, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan first. I'm a better first and a fan first. And I work at Naira and we have lousy cards. We suffer and handle, but also as a player, just like you guys, I, I want big fields. I want opportunities. And I, I think this card much more than last year offers those opportunities. So I'm, I'm pleased about that. And not only the cards, uh, the race is bigger, especially late pick five, uh, but I think they're competitive. You got uh, four of the five races have eight horse fields, yeah. and the last race has a, the Bay Shore's got a 10 horse field. And although there are some low prices, as we're going to talk about in the morning line, Andy, I know you tweeted this out with a great poll that I thought was fascinating. Uh, I think there are some lower morning lines here that can absolutely get beat. So I think there's going to be some value out there on Saturday that we're going to be talking so. about. I hope so. I mean, I think we starts out with, with, you know, the first and last legs of this pick five are the most competitive. You know, you look at the dangers hour. Oh, that's a race that I know a lot of people will like Rinaldi as the speed, but I think there's an awful lot of horses that can win this race. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump. Let's just jump right in, Andy. So we're going to start with the pick five folks. Uh, I'm going to show just Aquabase in terms of uh, the field and then we'll switch over to the uh, DRF formulator uh, Andy. And uh, of course, uh, you're going to see my picks on the bottom screen. We're not going to hold Andy to his picks because there could be some scratches, changes, whatnot. So um, Andy, of course, we'll talk about um, who he's interested in most. But in terms of a top three on the bottom of the screen, folks, you'll see uh, my pick only. And then everyone, please stay um, after we're finished with uh, Andy because I'm going to go through my caveman pick five uh, and I'm going to tell you my ticket and, and tell you how it how I would formulate and structure uh, the pick five bet here. So let's go ahead and start, Andy. It starts in race seven with the dangers hour. Of course, I'll go full screen uh, once in a while, folks. Uh, it starts at approximately 4.11 Eastern, and this is on the turf. Now, as Andy had mentioned, there are three races scheduled for the turf on Saturday before this race. Uh, they are non-stake races. Um, Andy and I are pretty confident these, these this race will stay on the turf. Uh, one of the main reasons is there's really only one horse meant for dirt. <laughs> In the, as a main track only. So I just have a hard time believing, Andy, that they would take this off the turf. Yeah, so. I don't think we'll do worse than one race on each course. And I won't be shocked if we have maybe two or at least three of them. We'll see. 
if it comes off, it'll be good for a friend of mine because uh, what's his name can't lose Southern District. Nah, Southern District on the bottom of the screen. But I, you're right. It's, not, it's it, highly unlikely. To one to two. You don't see too many MTOs as one to two mooring line. In fact, I can't remember last time. I he's looking like a stakes horse in these other words. I mean, he'll win this race by 100, but he's yeah, no, they're gonna it's keep highly unlikely to come off, so I wouldn't. Yeah, they're definitely going to keep this on the turf. I thought it was a tough race, Andy. Um, I'm going to, of course, let you... Whoop, let me switch to that race, sorry. Uh, of course, <laughs> That's the uh, word. Of course, yeah, that'd be important. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and run the show. I thought this was a difficult race. Uh, what's your opinion of the Dangerous Hour to open the uh, Pick 5 on Saturday? I love Dangerous Hour, by the way. He was a Rokeby <laughs> Mac Miller horse that ran in the 80s. Um, he was involved in the race with a DQ at Saratoga that was painful to me. Honestly... I think it's very hard to make a case for Ocean's Map, and it's a gamble. And after that, I, I don't think there's really a massive weak link in here. I'm not a therapist fan. I think he's a one-turn sprinter type, so I don't think the two turns a mile. And I think Sanctuary City, who is a little interesting, not a great rider from a great post. So he's you know a bit of an outlier, but he's a big price. And I think a lot of people will think Rinaldi's going to wire the field, and I, and I won't be shocked if he does. But I'm not his biggest fan. I think when he's been successful. He's really has had things go his own way. To be fair, he ran well in this race last year, losing to Delaware. And that was a very solid field. But I think City Man will probably get a good trip sitting right behind him with Joel Rosario on the rail. And why well, didn't pick him? He would be very much on my tickets. I mean, value proposition ran poorly at, at Gulfstream last time, but I'm just not going to make too much of, of races down at Gulfstream. And he's clearly a player. Though he's kind of a horse that's buried people more often than not. The horse that I'm interested in a price, and I'm going to pick on top, is Price Talk. Uh, I, I just felt like Price Talk was improving, and I thought his race when he won two back was exceptional. You know, Flopshot has disappointed a little bit, but he's a very talented Euro that Peter Brand owns, the Chad Brown trains. And I just think Price Talk might be a horse that's never really gotten much of a chance at this level. And I think he has every chance to be as good, if not better, than anybody in here. And he's got to be five or six to one, at least, in here. So if he can find a way to, to work out the right trip, I do think he can win. Um, I'm going to use the one, three, and seven primarily here. I'm going to let Rinaldi beat me. I mean, I'd use him as a as a backup in a, in a big pick five play and a C somewhere. But, I, but I, I'm most I'm going to try, especially in the race, to get price talk first or second. Well, I'm going to go ahead and show my my personal top three. And we we have uh, a lot of similar thought in this race. I have Rinaldi second. I have a stat for uh, Price Talk. Feel free to use the stat on the uh, on the show on on Too Saturday. Late. Too late. Andy. Um, by the way, last time I gave you a stat was a Bruce Levine uh, uh, first maiden, turfer, and you actually figure. used it on the show. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. He didn't win the race, but I'm I'm so impressed. You threw you threw a little name drop. Really appreciate. Uh, got a few uh, positive phone calls and emails. I didn't Here's even charge it for that, so I'm, I'm a little. I'm, I'm kind of. I really have to market myself better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony Tony Dutro, uh, Andy. Last five years uh, on the turf, twenty one percent, pretty darn good. Um, now the ROI is twelve dollars, and I saw that. I was like, what? Yeah, because he How's... had that maiden that came from the clouds, that one with Cancel at Belmont, and paid like hundred and fifty dollars a couple. There of years. you go. High opinion, ninety seven to one. With Eric Cancel, he's got Cancel on price talk. I don't know if that really means much, but so obviously the ROI is inflated. But Dutro can win off the layoffs. I was actually pretty impressed. It's a fairly small sample size, but oh, it was an excellent trainer. Twenty-one percent. 
Yeah. Um, my only concern with the price talk, Andy, was maybe he wants to go a little further. I'm not sure he wants to get the mile. He's That's been reasonable. working. He's been working really well, and I think Andy, I'd love you to expound on this in just a moment when I'm just finished with my statement. Um, he's been working very well. And some of these others really been working very lightly and, and the times, again, these are turf horses. You can take works for what they're worth, but I think intent is very important in this kind of race with horses coming off a layoff because as a better, I think we need to decide, Andy, which of these trainers and horses is really prepping for something bigger and which ones are really meant and are tried hard to win this race. Um, by the works, Price Talk looks like he might be one of those that could be interesting. Uh, yeah. My top... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say they all want to win here. I understand there's, you know, the New York breads have the New York breaks takes down the road. Price talk isn't the New York bread. I think it's important for price talk particularly to run well in here because I'm sure he wants to go to race like the Fort Marcy and, and above beyond. Sure. No, I, I shouldn't say want to win. I think you know what I mean. I mean no, I know like, what you mean. I, you know, I, I, no, your point is well taken. Um, I, I'm going to guess Tony really is uh, has the source ready. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I, I'm going with City Man. Um, what I like about City Man, Andy, is a few things. Obviously, um, this is a very nice New York bread. He's only five years old. Clement can get a horse ready off a layoff. If you if you take a look, and I say you, not meaning the viewers, uh, you know, this horse has run very well off layoffs. He had a, a bit of a layoff from September to November in, in 2020, won that race, had a similar layoff December to May in the Fort Marcy against Tribuvon, ran very well there. Um, so, you know, he, he's can run off layoffs. He's got Rosario. He has the rail, um, the turf, you know, probably be a little bit on the wetter side. I see no reason why he can't handle that. Uh, I'm going with city man on top, Andy, any other thoughts, uh, in this race? No, I, I mean, I think city man is a very logical horse. He's got the rail. Joel is going to get position with him. He's has a little habit of not winning races. He should have won his last race, to be honest with you. Um, when he won by a nose that Travers weekend, I, you know, I made a big bet on him that day, but he got a supersonic pace tool in front of him. He was all out to beat therapist. So I worry a little bit. He doesn't have that sort of winning punch, but I think he's, I, I think there's an argument. He's the worst to beat in this race. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. This is a very tough race. I agree with Andy. There's many ways you can go. Um, just so everyone knows at home, we have a lot of people asking questions and I really appreciate all the live chat. We'll get to as many questions as we can, but again, we want to make sure we get through the races. So Andy, let's get to the races. Questions. So we have at least some time for questions. Absolutely. No problem. Let's go on to the next race here. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and switch some screens here. We're going to go to race eight in the sequence. This is the big one. And it's sort of unusual, Andy, to have, you know, the big race of the day as, I mean, there are a lot of good races, but the big race of the day is the second leg of the uh, a pick five, but here it is. It's the wood. It's fantastic. It's grade two, three quarters of a million dollars. I'll put it full screen. Of course, it's restricted for three-year-olds are going a mile and eighth. This is a nice field with some very good three-year-olds and two Andy that I think uh, we, well, all three of the you know lower morning line horses need to pay attention. But what I find fascinating here, Andy, is two of them are right now do not have the points for the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to go ahead and show, uh, and, and you can expound on this, Andy. If we look at the bottom of the screen, you see Mo Donegal and early voting have 12 and 10 points respectively. Uh, they need points here. Yeah, I mean, I think a third place finish and getting around 30-ish gives them a good chance to get in. But obviously you want to get 40 or 100 and you want to win. And I think more for early voting than Mo Donegal, um, Early voting kind of needs to really run well in here. 
because he's the one who has to move forward the most of the three. And I think he very well might. He's a very lightly raced horse. I mean, I think considering how little experience he has, he's run extremely well to have gone that quickly in distance races in his only two starts. So I, I, I believe he's very talented. I'm going to pick him on top in this race. I'm sort of very much between him and Mo Donegal. I could, could flip-flop it and not really mind. Um, I'm not against Morello, but of the three, I, I like him the least. I believe he's supposed to handle the distance, but I kind of want to see it to believe it. Now, I'm not certain he'll be the favorite. I trust in David Aragona. I have no knock on Morello. He runs better every time. He won his last race for fun. He might be the real deal. And the funny thing is, this race being run so early, so they can be in the NBC window, and this is the earliest of the three preps. And if Morello wins this race, Steve Asmussen, at least for an hour, will have the first and second choice in the Kentucky Derby, yeah. which I think is, is kind of interesting. Um, but I think early voting is the one is very, very, very fast. And I think there's a chance he just runs these horses off their feet the way he did in the, the withers. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. But I do think Mo Donegal is going to run well in here. Um, and if I, I may interrupt, I'm just showing the breeding here. I'm just here's the breeding of, of Morello. Uh, the dam was not much stop the wedding. I mean, it was ran two turns. But why don't we claim her for five thousand? We really blew it. That was, a can, was a condition. Stop worrying claimer. about you know if we just claim for five thousand, we don't have to worry about betting. <laughs> it. You don't doubt the talent. You're just a little concerned about the dis the distance. Is that? I, I'm not saying I, I. Yeah, I'm not hugely concerned because he doesn't show any sign. I just, I just, I think. I'm not concerned about the distance for early voting in Modonico. So in that regard, he's the one who has the biggest question. And I think as the possible favorite, it makes him a little vulnerable. I, I don't think he's less likely necessary to win these races. I don't, I wish I had a stronger feeling. Um, I really don't. I think that all three of these horses have a right to be serious derby horses. And I'm not sure after what transpires on Saturday that all three of them won't be derby horses. Um, Mo Donegal is a horse that's going to benefit from, from pace. And, you know, one of the reasons that I don't like a horse like Barber Road, who ran second in Arkansas, is he has the same running as horses like Mo Donegal and Smile Happy and Zandon. And they're all better than he is. So why would somebody believe that they're that he's going to do particularly well when there's other closers in a race that should have a pace that are better? Yeah, very, very quickly. I just want to show the beginning and the end uh, of Modongo's last rate. I, I thought, you know, he didn't break great. He's the two in this race, Andy. And then he took dirt, and you see right there, he didn't break, yeah. you know, as well. He's a, he's a very long striding horse. And then I thought he was eating a lot of dirt and wasn't sure. I, I don't think he liked the kickback, is, was my feeling. He's on the rail on Saturday, but he'll have plenty of time, you know, to get to the outside. And I'll just go ahead and show the stretch run, which obviously I would assume yourself – uh, agree, you know, you agree with me. This was the most impressive part. If you want to talk about the stretch run quickly here. Yeah, I thought people that knocked him were wrong last time. And remember something. He had the rail on the Remsen. Nathan Aqueduct, and he did eat dirt. And he had no problem wheeling out and winning the race. So I don't worry about that kind of stuff. I think he's a bit of a goof at times. You know, he, in his maiden win, he kind of took himself out of the race at times. He, he's a little bit green. And it's unusual for Todd, who who is as good at getting these horses in, to run well in the preps is any trainer, maybe in history. I mean, his record in derby preps is unreal. So he might be a little bit of a work in progress. He has to get faster, obviously. But but I, I agree. I, I think his Holy Bull was just fine. The way the race was run at that track and a mile and 16th in the short stretch, 
I have no problem with that effort at all. So I'm, you know, I, I, I prefer him in early voting. Um, but I'm not, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I'm not going to argue with somebody that tells me they think Morell's the best horse and they have relative confidence he's going to get the distance, you know? So have at it. Yeah, it looks like it's a three-horse race. I didn't try to get creative. You saw my picks there, one, five, three. I, I love the distance from O'Donagal. I believe, I don't know if it's going to be golden code, but you think long-term should put some pressure on Chad Brown. I mean, there's, there's three Pletchers in here. Um, I guess the final question or comment I have, Andy, is which one of the, you know, Pletchers is going to uh, put some pace pressure on early voting? You would think one of them would send a little bit to set up for Modongal to some extent, even though the ownership is different, though, correct? I don't think they can. I think that people, listen, I believe in time form U.S.'s pace figures. And based on their pace figures, he is the fastest of Forbidden Kingdom, Epicenter, Classic Causeway, and by a reasonable margin. I don't think that people may appreciate just how quick this horse is. I mean, the way he cleared the field from those nine, the Withers, and I understand these are better horses, but he's too fast for them early. If he yeah. wants to go, they can't run with him. And woe to the horse that tries to run with him. And I don't think long-term is impossible. I don't think he's, I don't, I, you know, if somebody looks at him and says he's a rabbit, I did a disagree. First of all, Mike Rapoli's not running rabbits. Keep an eye on what electability does in the seventh race at Aqueduct on Friday, because he's a very promising Clarabit Chad Brown horse, and he, he long-term ran well against him. His last race was good. He has run well on time, so I don't think they're going to sacrifice long-term. No, and by the way, you, you, Craig Mulkowski and Time Form, they do a fantastic job, and David Aragona, who, by the way, just ran a half marathon, which impresses me. Uh, yeah, he's horse... just trying to make old-timers like, like me feel bad. I, <laughs> it was, I used an ulterior motive there. Uh, I saw this 150. I mean, I, Andy, I look at a lot of Time Form numbers. 151 is, I don't think I've seen a, a number uh, closing or early that fast, I think, ever. That yeah, I think you would win. You would win some bets if you ask people that don't look at pace figures who's the fastest speed. I think they say Forbidden Kingdom. And if you believe Craig's figures, which I do, early voting. You know, listen. I when I say this, anybody that knows and respects Spendabuck, and I respect him as much as anybody, he ain't no Spendabuck at this point in his career. But it's that kind of race. You know what I mean? Where he went fast and just kept on running. Yeah. Obviously, he has a long way to go to be in the same galaxy as Spendabuck. Well, it should be a great race. There's three very talented horses and some others in the mix that could upset the apple cart. Uh, let's go ahead on uh, to the to the next race. And like I said, this card is absolutely fantastic in New York on Saturday. The grade one Carter. It's race nine. Of course, it's for older males. They're going seven furlongs. $300,000 is the purse. You see the field right there. We've got a pretty heavy favorite that I've seen in uh, person last time when I was down at the Pegasus. Uh, speaker's corner who I've actually uh, used as singles and some pick fives. Um, I don't want to steal my thunder and your thunder or tell people what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you go ahead and speak first, but speaker's corner is very talented, but there are some other good ones in here also. Right. I mean, I think people misunderstood my poll. He's the best horse in that poll. It's not a question, but he's not the likeliest winner because he's facing the most competition. I think of the horses that I put in there. Um, I personally think Venti Valentine or, or search results are the right answers in there, but people disagree. I, I'm not against, I'm going to pick against speaker's corner because he, I think he's going to end up four to five and he shouldn't be four to five. He's run too hard race at Gulfstream. It's a tough, it's a hard track to run on. 
We've seen other horses that start out their year running hard down there that don't necessarily finish up as well going forward. And reinvestment risk, who is a very good two-year-old, obviously had a disastrous three-year-old year running just the once and running poorly, but he really ran well in his return out at Gulfstream. And he could be a player. Greenlight Go was always cut out to be a good horse since he's gotten back to Jimmy Jerkins. He's run exceptionally well. Mind control. I know that you know people felt mind control didn't live up to his two and three-year-old years. There's a real argument that he's come into his own since switching to Todd Pletcher. And I don't I know Todd has nowhere else to run him, and this is the right spate place to run him, but he could have run him in Florida and other things. This is a, a very, very confident move by him. So while I'm not going to pick him, he can win. I don't think first captain's fast enough. Drafted ran well last time, but this is a tough spot. But I really think any of the big four can win this race. I'm probably going to pick Green Light Go, but I'm not I'm not convinced on who I'm going to pick here. I want to pick against Speaker's Corner, not because I don't think he's the best horse and likeliest winner, but I think he might be an underlay. And by becoming a massive underlay in here, horses like the one, two, and four, reinvestment risk, green light go, and mind control are going to be overlays. So I'm going to use, I, I really, I would want to use all four of these horses. And, you know, just very quickly, the notion of throwing out favorites and pick fives is what losers do, in my opinion because you will lose over time. If you use four in here, you're betting against Speaker's Corner while protecting yourself if he still wins. So I wouldn't want to let him beat me, but I'm going to try to beat me. I think he'll be an underlay. I completely, I think, I think he'll be four to five, to be honest. I mean, you know, Andy, people love to see one, 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 one on a program. No question. And, and, and he should be the favorite, but I don't think he's absolutely. a four to five shot. No, and, and I, you know, you touched on a few horses very quickly. Uh, mind control. I, I like watching a lot of works, Andy, when I can. Uh, mind control completely has been outworking First Constitution, which is a nice uh, route horse for. I don't know how good that is after last weekend because he ran horrendously last weekend. Just be careful. Good, with that. good point. Just, but uh, mind control. I mean, I'm just pointing it well. out. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, six for six, you know, a for, you know, first or second aqueduct. I mean, he loves aqueduct, obviously. This is a very aggressive spot. I, I agree with you. I'm interested in mind control, the horse that I'm really interested in, and maybe he's too slow, Andy. And I remember when first captain, I'm going to go for, for, uh, full screen. When first captain won on the 27th, I tweeted out how much I loved, and you actually were nice enough to respond and agreed. He definitely looks slow on paper, Andy. There's no question about it. I just want to very briefly show the end of this race because I was really impressed. First captain is a nice horse. He, he obviously has got a lot of talent. We're just going to go right to the stretch. Andy, when you, you know, you, this was a fairly slow pace early and for the, for first captain to run down now, Doc Amster is no, you know, uh, is no mind control in speaker's corner, but to run this horse down going slow fractions off the layoff at Gulfstream showed me a lot. I love how he reaches out. I think this is a really talented animal and I'm fascinated to see what first captain does on Saturday. Uh, do you think he has any chance to, maybe be first or second, fill out the bottom of exactors or tries, or is this just too difficult to spot? I don't want to knock big priced horses. I don't think he's good enough. This feels too tough for him, but I will agree with you. He's an extremely determined horse. And I was talking to Tommy Bellhouse recently. He was visiting in my office and Tommy, of course, works for West Point. If people don't know, everybody should know Tommy Bellhouse, a legend. Um, and we were talking about his last race and he said, everybody thought he had no chance to win. And I said, I remember watching the race and saying to myself, I've seen this from him before, where he really does look like the eighth ball. He has no shot. 
And he is a determined horse. I just wish he were a little bit faster, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to take a big stand against him. I mean, the fact that he is the fifth or sixth likeliest winner in this race says a lot about the quality of this race. And, and I, I I'm just, I'm just happy that the Carter this year came up the kind of race it deserves to come up. It's a great race and I'm so happy to see people supporting it. Yeah, it's a great race. And, and you know, my, again, we need to move on to the next race, but my general thought, Andy is, from reinvestment risk, I want to see it again. I want it was he was That's very fair. impressive. I want to see it again. Uh, green light go. I think might get caught the pace duel with speaker's corner and mind controls going off a layoff. So I have questions about the top choices. So I'm going to go price hunting. I know it's something you do very well. I'm not saying first captain is going to be you know I'm going to put my mortgage on it, but I think he's fascinating at least underneath to key or you know back wheel and trifectas. Listen, I'm not knocking a price horse, and I do think he's a talented horse, and I he, I agree with everything you're saying about his last race. The fact he got an 88 buyer and he beat mediocre horses. I don't care about that either. It was a means to an end to get to this race. This is a horse who's run fast figures before, so there's no reason to believe that he couldn't run in the at least mid to high 90s, which at least gives him a chance, maybe if he exceeds that a little bit, to be there. So I, I'm not going to make a, a big stand against him. I think that would be foolish. Uh, let's go on to the Gazelle. Uh, this is a fantastic race. It's mile and eighth. This is for the restricted three-year-olds. This is a ma the major prep for the, the local prep for the Kentucky Oaks. And by the way, Andy, I wish we had more time to talk because sometimes the Oaks, in my opinion, gets a bit of short shrift. You know, be, obviously the Derby and sucks in all the oxygen. The Kentucky Oaks this year, there are some oh, yeah. really nice fillies, Andy. I'm not sure they're going to be coming out of this race, but uh, I'm really excited about the Oaks. Just real quick thought, not about the just about the talent of the of the girls in the three-year-old crop this year. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. I think there is a worse near Venti Valentine who could absolutely oh. establish herself as a player in the Oaks. Okay. She ran a 92 buyer, a 112 time form rating last time out. This is an exceptional performance for a horse off a layoff at a mile. You know, search results won the busher like she did, and she won this race last year, and she almost won the Oaks. Listen, I have great respect for Echo Zulu, though I think Uguri is going to be a problem for her. Uh, I, I think Lucas's filly is good. She didn't get a good ride, and she ran well this weekend. Obviously, Kathleen O is terrific, but she's coming from Gulfstream. No, I, I agree. This Oaks is coming up a good race, but if I was going to single in this sequence, and I will lean very heavily on Venti Valentine, I just think she's better than these horses. She was a good two-year-old, and I thought her performance last time was just terrific. And I, I really think she's going to be a very, very, very hard horse to beat in here. I'm going to try to get Morning Matcha, who was against the track, two back in for second. I think Nostalgia is an improving horse. And the horse I'm totally against. So if you like to bet horses, I'm totally against. And it's not always the worst strategy in the world. I don't want classy addition. I think people are going to see that she ran second to Kathleen O and say, well, she ran second to possibly the best three-year-old filly in the country, and that's not necessarily wrong. And by the way, there's a California horse that's pretty good, too. It's going the Oaks. I think that Brad Cox horse who's running in the Ashland is going to run very well uh, tomorrow. Uh, the horse who won at Oaklawn, got a long name. These are also up-and-comers. Classy addition to me. I don't know if she wants to go this far. And she sucked up for second with a very good trip. I don't like her in here. I'm very much on the five with a little one and three. Uh, I agree with Classy Edition. I have Classy Edition in third. I, I you know, I, I think she's talented, uh, but that was a perfect hmm. trip she got in the Devon Dale last time. She's a bad horse. horse. I'm not trying to knock her. I just don't like her in this race. Yeah, I, I like Nostalgic a lot here, Andy. I don't so, know. I don't know if she's good enough. 
Um, I was interested in her in the Dam Moselle, and I think that was just too much too soon for her. Yeah. I, I, I've been guessing that turf race was maybe a dirt race didn't fill. I mean, I have no idea why Matt, you know, put her on turf. Well, Bill likes to run horses on the wrong surface. That's one of his oh, strong suits. <laughs> the horse didn't have a lot of turf breeding. I'm not going to show the replay just for time. Maybe uh, uh, when you leave the show, I'll go back to the viewers and show them the replay of the of the Gulfstream effort. But Andy, I thought she was very professional. She would she was in behind horses, took a lot of dirt. When she found the hole, she exploded. Um, it wasn't the strongest field, but I love her upside. It's Godolphin. If there's one horse that I think could beat Venti Valdine, to me, it's nostalgic, and I think I might get that nine to two with Classy oh. Edition taking a, a bunch of money for a second. I think you will. I mean, it's not going to be a bad field. And there was only really one other horse in there. It was a Todd Pletcher horse. There was a no-show. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. She was a different horse. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not going to knock her. I, I think she is definitely, if you're looking for an upsetter, she is a potential upsetter in here. I have a high opinion of Venti Valentine, but listen, I, she's going to have to go out and do it. And I, I'm nostalgic ran well last time. I'm not knocking her. Yeah. I'm she probably is. I, I'm going to try a 5-1 exacta. But I think Nostalgic is the best upsetter if you're looking for one. I would. I don't know if Morty Macho can really win, but Nostalgic is an interesting horse. Yeah, it's. I think Venti Valentine's gonna be tough. I'm just using three five in the pick five basically. I mean, I, I similar to you. I I'm assuming. I think you do ABC tickets like I do, or when you bet. So I'm gonna. I might you throw a few others like the one and for C's. But to me, if it's not the three or the five, I I, I would be surprised personally, Andy. Uh, let's go on to the last race and. Once again, we really appreciate your time here. I'm just going to go right. I'm going to skip the Equibase. Let's just go right uh, to the PP, sir, Andy. The last race is the Bayshore. It's restricted for three-year-olds. It's the sprint version of of the you know wood, so to speak, uh, on Saturday. It's grade three. It's always a real nice race. And this is fascinating to see which one of these horses can progress and move on to the Woody Stevens and, and all the, and all the other. Jerkins, and the Amsterdam. Jerkins. We have a tremendous program in New York for three-year-old sprinters in the dirt. The best. Absolutely. Now it's two hundred thousand dollar purse. Uh, who do you like in the Bayshore, Andy? Well, I, I think there's 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 three major players: the two Todd Pletcher horses, Dean's List and Wit, and Highly Respected, who has a real chance to be a good horse off his maiden win. Um, while the second horse didn't run well in his next start, other horses have come back and run extremely well out of that race. Highly Respected is good. Um, Dean's List is fast, and I respect him. I don't know. I'm not. Super sold, but he's good. Witt is going to be overbet. He can win. I've never been as impressed by him as everybody else. He's going to have to prove to me. He's going to take a step forward as a three-year-old, but there will be pace in here, and he can win. I don't have a big knock in any of these three. Of them, I probably prefer highly respected, but I'm going to bet life is great in here. I don't know wow. what opinion you have in this horse, but I, I want to take somebody else. Because I think all three are potentially vulnerable. And I think that life is great as absolutely the other horse. You know, Eric Cancel steadied him a couple of times in important moments last time. I like the seven furlongs over the mile. He's already run some pretty strong figures. You know, it's not like his 87 came out of nowhere. He had that big 82 breaking his maiden back in November, a number that can easily be in the 90s here. He drew a good outside post. So maybe with an outside post, Eric won't have to steady him twice behind horses. And I think the pace is going to be quick. And I know he's like six to one on the line. I feel like he's a horse that with the two Pletchers and highly respected could end up eight. 
He's a blow up, you know, blow up the pick five a little bit. And I think he is a very interesting price play in here. So he and highly respected are my two strongest plays. I'm not wildly against Witt and Dean's list. I just like the other two a little bit more. Andy, I tried so hard to find horses <laughs> I liked other than the five and nine. I mean, I, I, and I'm not agreeing with Andy because he's on the show because Andy knows We've gotten to know each other a little bit through Twitter. He knows I'm not going to blow smoke up his butt. I mean, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I tried so hard, Andy, to find horses, you know, that, that could beat the five and nine. I just, and I looked at highly motivated. The six can absolutely win. Um, he did get a pretty darn good trip in his maiden, and he didn't he did. eat much. But I like the way he did it. But I think this is a big ask. I tried to find a cute horse. I just couldn't find one. I'll show my picks. I don't know if it's if he's right off the layoff, but I think there is some speed in this race. He's faced some nice horses last year. I think the distance is perfectly fine for him. It, this is not a great opinion, Andy, to be honest. I love your thought on the 10. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going nine, five, six, but I got to say, I'm not sure how good Deanless is. I'm not sure how good wit is. And frankly, I'm not sure how good highly motivated is. I mean, something very respect. bizarre. I'm pretty but, sure highly motivated. So, really good. He's, coming I, back I, he's coming back at Keeneland, by the way. He's uh, sorry. He's still eligible for an hour as a two, but he'll be he'll be, he's, he'll be popping up at uh, Keeneland. Host fail, highly respected. I can I get my highly, good my highly motivated hat if you want. I got the, the, the highly motivated hat. I, I don't know how good they are, but I do have a quick question just so we end the show here. You know these trainers very well. You know Bob Glaseris well. My 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 feeling as a handicapper, without knowing uh, Bob Glaseris that well, is that this was sort of an afterthought. I mean, they, they I'm assuming they were pointing to the Gotham. I mean, he's been running seven furlongs, but you know, I don't. There's not a lot of fast works. He's coming back. I mean, I guess relatively quickly as horses go. I don't know. I just, you know, the eighty-seven. You don't like it. It's okay, Howard. You don't have no, to. No, like uh, I, I, you, you know, win. he was. Four. I'm not going to hold it against you. He was, <laughs> there's he a lot was... of horses going to win that I don't like either, <laughs> and he may run nowhere. You're probably going to be right about it. I don't know. He's forty-six to one last time. I, I I I like the idea. I just I don't know, Andy. I'm not. I, I don't know how good he is, to be honest. I really don't. I I, I listen. I'm gonna. You're gonna like horses that I'm gonna tell you I don't like, and they may win, <laughs> and they may not. So it's the game. I'm I'm fine. Let's answer Absolutely. some questions. I don't. I don't want. I'm not gonna leave. I know I said I was gonna leave, but I but I don't want to leave without answering a bunch of questions. Oh, that's very nice. All right. So Andy has got a busy schedule, but folks, he's going to stay on for I'd a like few minutes. I'd like to eat my dinner. That's what I really All like. All right. Listen, if you have questions, let me, let's, let's take this off the screen. If you have questions for Andy Sterling, fire away now, folks, and fire away quickly because Andy's hungry and, and the man deserves, the man deserves to eat dinner. Uh, that he, he and he's got to deal with with JK this weekend, which means he's got to get a lot of fuel for that. I, so I, I love working with Jonathan. He's he's, a, he's an extremely fun person to work with. He really is. He's. A, I, I, to be honest with you, I like working with everybody I work with. I, I work with great people. Yeah. I'm thrilled that Acacia came back today. She's lots of fun. Maggie's great. You know, I, I the thing I also like with people I work with is that they're they're always prepared. They show up prepared. Greg Wolf. I, I hope people appreciate how hard Greg works. Um, and Greg has has good opinions out there. And I think hosts when a host is on is underappreciated, it's because he's doing a good job. He or she Absolutely. Greg does a great job. Anyway, uh, no, it, it, the America's Day of the Races crew is fantastic. Of course, yeah, the they're really fun to... people to work with. We, we get a, shockingly, we manage to get along. There, there's always an occasional infighting because that's the way people are that are intense. But but we really do get along. And I, I'm very, very lucky to work and behind the scenes work with great people. It takes a lot of effort by a lot of people for that show to go on. Uh, here's a question from Don Allen. I, I I know answers some of these, but obviously we want you to answer them. 
Uh, and question about Anthony Stabile. Uh, do you hang outside of work with him? Well, like Saratoga will go to dinner and, you know, he'll meet me out for drinks sometimes. It's just he lives he lives near Aqueduct. I live in the Upper West Side in New York. So it's not really and, – and Anthony doesn't come to New York to the city that much, and I don't venture out of here unless I'm at the track. So – that we don't do, but in Saratoga, we, we definitely go to dinner and we'll meet for drinks. And, you know, Anthony, Anthony and I are great friends. Anthony and I have been great friends for a long time. Anthony's one of these guys that I really first saw him in the early 90s, mid-90s. He was pretty young. Um, he's, I think he was just 45 the other day. And you can't miss him because he was the loudest. He, uh, he was his, the Anthony Stabile show at Aqueduct when he was like 20. was incredible. But he's one of the people I instantly took a liking to. I just knew I liked Anthony. Oh, he's a great guy. I look forward to meeting him, too, uh, as I'm New York. First super, time. super, uh, super good person. Charles B., did you ever get those lunches, Andy, at the bottom of the screen? Anthony's bought me my share of lunches. The lunches are sort of my way of telling him to keep quiet when he wants to bet me those things. But <laughs> Anthony's extremely generous. Believe me, he's bought me more than my share of dinners. And and he's, uh, you know, Anthony's like, that. what's that Ralph Cramden, the Honeymooners? When I, when I have it, I go with it. I went with it, right? Anthony's Absolutely. Like, uh, well, two more quick questions, if you don't mind, Andy, because I think these are no. good questions. Do you have a favorite? I don't know how much you've looked at the entire Saturday card yet. I'm assuming you've looked at a lot of it. Yeah, JJ Tids, thanks for joining the show. Uh, Andy, do you have a specific favorite bet on Saturday? You know, it's hard because I, I you know, know about the turf. Um, I like the horse in the last race is my sort of my price play in those races. You know, horses. I'm going to like horses that are going to be prices. So horses like price talk and potentially life is great are the kind of horses that I'm interested in. I'll give you a horse in a cheaper race, the sixth race. I, I, I think that Bourbon Bay is a very interesting horse. Second time for Antonio Ariaga. I want to give that horse one more chance in this spot. Not a I huge mean, opinion, but, but I think that was a little interesting at price. Just for two seconds, so people can see Bourbon Bay is the three in that race. Eight to yeah. one morning line. Trevor McCarthy, Trevor McCarthy, by the way, what a fantastic uh, a job he did over the winter. And, and Joe Migliori, his agent, they, I can't say enough good things about those two. Uh, we'll take one more question here from my good friend Jim Pilars, who's from Buffalo. How many races does it take uh, you to detect a track bias, and does it affect your later wages? It's wages. a great question. I wish I had an answer that was as good as the question. I think the worst thing that people do is declare biases after a race or two. There are times, especially we saw this winter when we were getting a prevalence of inside biases for that period that lasted through most of January, where you could even see it. You know, you can see the way horses are running behind the leader. You can see horses moving up in the inside, even a long shot for third, horses spinning their wheels on the outside. So that's something you can see, especially when there's reason to believe it could happen. But I think you have to be careful. Like today's card. We could definitely say speed was good, but there were some horses that made some pretty good runs to get there, get close. So how much of an advantage it was, I have to, I have to look at the results again. I think it's a very good question. If I really do feel strongly that there's a buy, you know, when we had these runs this winter earlier and you were confident in it, I was not betting with any confidence a lot of those days, but when the track got fair, that's when I had some good, good opinions and made a little bit of money. So with biases, it's tricky because yes, it'll affect my wagers. I'm never not going to bet a 10 to one shot or something, but if I like a horse that's like a five to two shot and he's a dead closer and he's an outside post and the track is playing, playing for inside speed or inside, I, I'm not betting that horse. That was, I mean, the horse wins, I'll lose, but I don't like 
trying to predict who's going to take advantage of the bias unless there was a big price because trying to figure out exactly how these races going to be run is a very very tricky thing what's the that, i don't know if that helps to answer the question but yeah, but if you're going to bet you need to bet on your toes correct you have to be willing to make changes because uh Listen, things can happen. We've seen golden rails. We've seen outer, you know, balcony moves. I mean, a lot of things can happen at racetrack. Uh, the weather is not going to be changing on Saturday, but obviously the tracks will be drying out, so you got to pay attention for sure. Yeah, we'll be dry by Saturday because I think the rain is pretty much done, if not already done. Yeah, listen, it's it's you have to be able to adapt. That period. That's 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 all you can say. You have to be able to adapt. And if people want to hold me to my picks. That, whatever makes you happy, do that. But I think any horse player knows that no horse player is 100% married to their picks that they make going into the day. We adjust. And I think if we adjust well, that's really when players do their best. I think Paul Halloran puts it best. Who, by the way, I, I'm yes. assuming you've met. It works for the Saratoga Special. He's a great guy. I've had a chance to become friends with Mandy. Uh, you are a great ambassador. We really appreciate you being on the oh, show and coming. taking Thank a few you. extra minutes. Uh, any final thoughts for Saturday before you? No, I, I, I'm just thrilled. It's a great card. I know Keeneland has a good card as well, and you know, I I I, I hope that people enjoy it. And I, I, I'm very positive about this this Triple Crown season, these preps, because I think this race is pretty open. There's no big dog out there that you go, well, I don't know if you can beat such and such a horse. And I think there's enough horses that are running between the Zandons and the Smile Happies and obviously mm -hmm. Forbidden Kingdom out west um, and even Messier potentially. And I know they're running that maiden winner, which seems a little foolish, but nonetheless. Um, and, and I think the, the, the three the big three in the wood, I, I think we're going to see a couple other major derby players, if not more. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy. This is a great time of the year. So I hope that people are appreciating it. Just uh, thanks for thanks for being involved in the game. And we appreciate anybody that, that plays our races in New York as well. Absolutely. Peter Martini has changed his request now from a photo to a selfie. So hopefully he'll find you on Saturday. We can take a selfie that. of himself. I, I can't stop him from doing that. <laughs> Andy, I really appreciate you having on again. I mean, My pleasure. I, it's really nice of you to do that for the HHH Racing Podcast. And as I told you before the show, I look forward to uh, meeting you in person for the first time, either at the Belmont and or at Saratoga. Thank you very much. Thanks Enjoy the rest of your evening and good luck on Saturday, Andy. Thanks, Howard. Appreciate your show. Thanks a lot. Thank man. you very much. Take care. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. All right. That's Andy Sterling. Don't go anywhere yet, folks. Don't don't leave. I want to show everyone my uh, pick five ticket. Andy was outstanding. I mean, for him to come on to, to our show, that's the second time. And then he also took a few minutes for questions. I know people see Andy and sometimes he gives Anthony Stabile a hard time and, and whatnot. It's all for fun and games. Uh, Andy is a great guy. I, I've only heard wonderful things about him from just about everyone I've talked to. Um, listen, I have my detractors. He has his detractors. That, that's the way it goes. Um, but uh, I look forward to meeting Andy for the first time in New York uh, pretty soon. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, my pick five briefly, folks. And then we'll take any questions and wrap up the show. We're going to go a little bit quicker. Here's my caveman pick five. Now, again, uh, this is not the play that I would make for myself fully on Saturday. I play ABC tickets, as I've talked about many times on this show. I would go very deep in the first leg. That's the turf race. I agree with a lot of things that Andy said tonight, frankly. Uh, not because it's Andy Serling. I, I, we just had similar opinions. I think you have to go uh, very deep in that first turf race. I'm sure it will be on turf. The second race is the wood I would only go 1-5. I hear what he's saying with early voting. I would, I will use early voting defensively, but I really like Mo Donegal and Morello more than early voting. 
if early voting gets loose and wins the wood, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, my plan right now is for Mo Donegal and Morello to be A's and for early voting to be a B. And I would not use anyone else in that race. That is my plan from an ABC perspective. Uh, the next race was the Carter Handicap. I'm going four deep, but going reinvestment risk. Uh, I'm not using green light uh, go. I expect, uh, respect Andy's opinion. I think he's going to get caught up in the pace duel with uh, Speaker's Corner. I'm using mind control. First captain, the five, who's eight to one. Andy's right. He's slow right now. I think he's going to run a huge race. I don't know if first captain, the five horse in, in the uh, Carter is good enough to win. I am fascinated with the horse. I'm using him for sure underneath and a little bit on top. The five first captain eight to one is a horse that I'm very interested in as a long shot play on Saturday. And then you have to use speaker's corner, the eight. Uh, in the Gazelle, this is the race for three old fillies. Uh, the five Venti Valentine will be tough, but I don't think that she completely lays over the field. I really like nostalgic, the three. The 9-2 horse for Godolphin with Jose Ortiz. Um, in fact, if you don't mind, I just want to show the replay very quickly. Let me go share my screen here because I wanted to show this. Uh, but again, uh, Andy was a little bit short on time tonight. Listen, any time we can get with Andy Serling is appreciated. Very quickly, this is Nostalgia's last run. I just want to show uh, the end of it here, and I'll show you why I like this horse. Nostalgic is the three horse right here in behind horses had to wait, wait. There's a lot more to this race that we could show once uh, Nostalgic gets out here, uh, by the way, facing a, a decent horse who was even money gets bumped, absolutely blows by the even money choice here. I really like the way she did it. Watch Jose Ortiz late. She's in hand. You see once right about here, he looks at the screen just wraps up on this horse. I think this horse has a lot of upside. Uh, nostalgic reminds me a little bit of first captain with respect that nostalgic is slow right now, but I think she's got more upside and I think she can upset Venti Valdine. So again, in my pick five, I would go just three, five. And then in the last race, um, I, 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 I do agree with Andy in this. I really would like to try to beat the five and nine. Uh, again, the five horse uh, was the speed horse for Pletcher. The name escapes me now. Uh, but Dean's List. I, I There's other speed in this race from the inside. I'm not sure how good Dean's List is. Um, the Dean's List is 5-2 for Pletcher. And then the nine wit is going to get a lot of the money. He was good last year, but he couldn't get out of the gates. If you remember Wit's runs last year. He, like, closed in the clouds. He was a fun horse to watch. But then when he faced better horses, he struggled a bit. And, again, he had trouble from the gate. He's got to learn how to break. I, I'd love to try to beat the 5 and 9. Maybe it is with Andy's 10, Life is Great. I will use Life is Great underneath uh, defensively as a B or a C. I don't like anyone else, really, in that race. I'm going to lean more on the 5 and 9. I, I just couldn't find a clever opinion. That's my uh, pick five there. We'll take a few uh, questions. I see we have a lot of questions uh, on the show. Um, let's see. Um, we have a hater on the show for Andy. That's fine. You, you're, you're the, you, you, uh, you, you have the right to your opinion, although 
I really uh, don't know why <laughs> you think Annie's that bad. I'm not going to read the comments. You can read them for yourself. Um, Vale Place, I do appreciate you coming on the show and appreciate your comments. You and I are just going to have to disagree on your opinion about uh, Andy Serling, but that's okay. I'm cool with that. Uh, Jim says he's against Morello. Uh, the rail was dead. Morello got a perfect trip, Jim. I hear you. Uh, I like Mo Donegal the best. If Mo Donegal runs a mid-90s race and wins this race, Jim, Mo Donegal will be in my top, I'd say, four or five picks in the Derby. I like Mo Donegal a lot. I think he's talented. He's a bit goofy, and he's a bit immature. But if he can start um, putting it together, I think Morello is very, very uh, talented. Thomas Benoza, Tom, thanks for joining the show. Um, you like Dean's List on the cutback. Yeah, I think the short distance is going to help Dean's List, Tom. But there's other speed on the inside. We didn't get into a lot of detail about the pace flow. There's other speed in that race, so I'm not really sure. Uh, Charles wants to look at uh, Baris for me. Uh, sure, let's take a look at Baris, I believe, is in the wood. Am I correct there, Charles? Am I remember that correctly? You see the outside horse in the wood? Uh, yes, I remember that correctly. Let's bring him up. I'm not sure your question, uh, Charles, but I'll go ahead and bring it up uh, because you asked. Let's bring that real quick. Uh, Baris is the eight in the wood. Let me take his banner down. He's a New York bred uh, who costs $150,000. He's by Lauban out of a successful appeal mare. So he ran an 87, ran very well in the gander last time, got an 87 buyer. Um, this is a big ask. He's going to open company. He's got to go two turns. Um, you know, it's Michael Maker. So, I, listen, I would never question, uh, you know, a long shot. If someone likes a long, a long shot, go for it, Charles. I wish you good luck with Baris. Uh, not my not my cup of tea, uh, but that's okay. Um, let's see. Any other quick questions or comments? I'm just looking down the screen. Uh, Christine. Thank you very much, Christine. I always appreciate you being on the show or listening to the show and your comments. Greatly appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we need to uh, go on any longer. We covered a lot there. Um, let me again show what's happening next week. And frankly, <laughs> there's not a lot to show, although I do have it. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Uh, we're we're going to go on Thursday. Uh, the next two races, uh, excuse me, the next two weekends are slower uh, in the horse racing world. Uh, next weekend, uh, someone had a good idea. I believe it was Ralph. Uh, Ralph, if you're still watching the show, thank you. Ralph had an interesting idea to cover uh, a cross-country pick five bet. Ralph, I like that idea. We might cover a cross-country pick five. I also have a gentleman in line uh, that wrote for the New York, writes for the New York Times that has been covering Bob Baffert like a glove. I'd love to get him on the show. Uh, we had to bypass him once. So, again, a journalist from the New York Times who's been covering the Bob Baffert saga. I'd love to get him on the show. I don't know what we're going to do next week, but we're going to have a show for sure uh, next Thursday evening. Uh, and then just to wrap up a few things, you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. I've got a race day blog. Uh, again, look down below the video player in about 10 minutes. Uh, I will have information down below the video player of all my promotions. I have a podcast pool going. We'll be playing that this weekend. And then also have a great promotion with Bets US where you get 125% back of your deposit. I put in $200. I got back free, free, 250 bucks. 
to bet on horses, sports, casino, whatever. Highly recommend you check out that promotion. Again, it's going to be down below the video player in literally about 10 to 15 minutes. And, of course, it'll be there permanently. Or you can check any of the other shows. Look down below the video player. I've got all my promotions down below all the video players. And then last but not least, I will be on TVG April 24th, Sunday, April 24th with uh, Todd Shrupp. Can't wait for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's about all. I really appreciate everyone joining us tonight with uh, the great Andy Serling. He was fantastic. I wish everyone good luck on Saturday, not only at Aqueduct, but at Keeneland. If you missed my show last night, check out show 126, where I broke down the Keeneland meet, talked a little bit about how I handicap a race. Of course, there's big races also at Santa Anita uh, this weekend, but the field sizes are pretty small, and I just chose to cover Keeneland and New York. Uh, on this week's HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks for watching tonight, everyone. Really appreciate all your support. Please make sure you smash that subscribe button there on the bottom of the screen, right there at the bottom of the screen. If you've not hit that subscribe button as we inch closer to 1,000 subscribers, that's my big goal. Again, thanks for watching. Good luck to everyone on Saturday at Aqueduct for Wood Memorial Day. Take care, everyone. Have a great night.